1: hello welcome to another week of elvis lives a conspiracy theory podcast we're here i mean at the moment we're still in isolation we're doing this from afar
0: (laughs) it's been so long
1: i know sat next to you Julie I know but I'm still happy I get to see your face Katie it's true it's true thanks again to our podfather slash producer extraordinaire Zane who is pushing the buttons for us today like a pro yeah probably have better audio than we ever have to be honest
0: Probably and a shout out to <laughs> Zoom for just like being awesome host of this video,
1: guys. Call. If if hey Zoom, if you happen to be hearing this, yeah. um, which doubtful, but you know maybe maybe uh, if you want to sponsor us, we we can just continue to do podcasts this way. So that's an option for you, Zoom. Anyway, <laughs> and clearly note, we're here. Julie's here. KB is here. It's a good time.
0: It's a great time. Julie has a Zach Efron poster on her wall that I keep getting to look at for this entire recording. So we're good.
1: Here, I'll sit to the side so he's in full view. Thank you Um, so much. Sadly, I'm not going to be able to see your face while I pull up my notes. So it's hectic, guys. Today's episode is, oh, wow. Hang on. One, two, three, four, four and a half pages long.
0: Cool. Well, we bought them a short one last week, so we're just, like, keeping them, like, balanced. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know.
1: I yeah. Uh, okay, strap yourself in, Katie. Uh, I've got a fascinating tale for you, which I think if you uh, you might be terrified of. Uh,
0: you keep doing this to me.
1: <laughs> and it's still fun. To me. Uh, what do you know about the Jonestown Massacre?
0: Oh, I know quite a lot about the Jonestown Massacre, actually. I listened to a case file episode about it.
1: Ah, so you are well informed. I'm
0: Let's, very well informed.
1: For the listeners, I will uh, give them a little bit of history on what ju- the Jonestown Massacre is. Mm-hmm. So, the People's Temple Agricultural Project, better known by its informal name Jonestown, was a remote settlement established by the People's Temple. It was essentially a cult <laughs> under the leadership. It was a cult. I mean, originally they didn't think it was. It's like all cults. Like, they don't know, you
0: don't call well, it don't a cult until know. something goes wrong. Oh. Just you wait, guys. Just you wait.
1: Like, I feel like there's a few churches out there that we could probably label cults, but we haven't yet. Well, one day. Um, it was under the leadership of Jim Jones in northwestern Guyana. So wasn't originally located there, but I'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. It became internationally known on November eighteenth, nineteen 1978, when a total of 918... <laughs> People die. Sorry, I can't talk today. A total of nine hundred twins. A total of nine hundred and eighteen people died in the settlement at the nearby airstrip in Port Katuma or Katuma, and at the Temple Run building in Georgetown. The name of the settlement becomes synonymous with, or became synonymous, I should say, with the incidents at both those locations. In total, nine hundred and nine individuals died in Jonestown, but two from apparent cyanide poisoning in an... Wait, what? Hang on, what?
0: But two from apparent cyanide poisoning? Oh, <laughs> sorry, all but two. All, all right. but
1: two from an apparent cyanide poisoning. It is an event termed revolutionary suicide by Jones and some People's Temple members on an audio tape of the event and in prior recorded discussions. The poisonings yeah. in Jonestown followed the murder of fault followed the murder of five others by temple members at port katuma including Mm. united states congressman leo ryan an act that jones had actually um ordered and four other temple members committed murder suicide in georgetown at jones's command probably should say guys this is a heavy episode it is a heavy episode i'm gonna Um. pop some links to uh some um, people you can have a chat to if this triggers
0: Yeah. Now, anything uh, the for thing it's like that comes out of this is like a thing that means that it's still in kind of pop culture world is that it was the whole like, don't drink the Kool Aid. It comes from this story. And boy, do we get to that in two pages' time. Oh, wait for it, guys. <laughs> Just wait for it.
1: All right. So um, basically, Jim Jones, the charismatic cult leader, I feel like they're all yes. charismatic that's how their cult leaders that's how
0: they get
1: created this religion and at the start of it was very successful in growing followers he had a largely african american following and those that did follow him were very loyal um classic cult you know yeah. uh, actually interestingly enough harvey milk did visit um their campus when they were in california oh mm, strange hey eh? yes. um like he had these ideas of rainbow families, and initially what he preached was all—not like—it was all like equality and like socialism. But somewhere along the line, he lost the plot.
0: Yeah, power. <laughs> this is yeah. What happens when you have power? Yeah. Anyway, keep going, Julie. Keep okay. going. It's fascinating Decade. and terrifying.
1: decades later survivors of Jonestown still remember being part of the church organization that they devoted a good portion of their lives to the people sorry the people were incredible says um, Jean Clancy who worked on the temple newspaper people who were capable of committing themselves to something outside of their own self-interests adds Laura Johnston Cole another former temple member we, all of us, were doing the right things, but in the wrong place with the wrong leader. Pretty much all classic cult stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Cult behaviour. Um, Until that is, Jones started getting paranoid that his dodgy dealings were going to be found out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. So this cult didn't originate in Jonestown. In the fall of 1973, after critical newspaper articles by Lester Kinsloving or Kinsolving, the defection of eight temple members, uh, Jones and Temple attorney Tim Stowen, prepared an immediate action contingency plan for responding to a police or media crackdown. So they were like, "Ooh, police are interested. The media's onto us.
0: What gotta we go? <laughs> we'll
1: run. Gotta go." In October 1973, the directors of the temple passed a resolution to establish an agricultural agricultural mission there. As 500 members began to construct the construction of Jonestown, the temple encouraged more to relocate to the settlement. Jones saw Jonestown as both a socialist paradise and a sanctuary from the media scrutiny. In 1976, Guyana finally approved a lease and it had negotiated with the temple for over 3,000 acres of land in northwest Guyana, on which Jonestown was located. In 1974, Guyanese officials granted the temple permission to import certain uh, duty-free items.
0: Ooh. Later payoffs
1: helped safeguard shipments of firearms and drugs through the Guyanese customs. Yeah. Great. Got a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, so we're starting to see a little bit of of why they might have moved 900 odd people to Guyana. Yeah. So you can see there wasn't something right. Jim Jones, uh, so uh, Jim Jones and his little so called socialist paradise was going downhill. Uh, One of the forgotten people of the Jonestown tragedy is Californian Congressman Leo Ryan a democrat ryan was unconventional politician he once had himself briefly incarcerated <laughs> briefly incarcerated at his own request yeah. at the Folsom state prison to see what prison conditions were actually like yeah he good. went to canada he, yeah
0: he's to- <laughs>
1: he a good guy he went to canada to investigate the hunting of baby seals Um, And then Ryan became involved in the People's Temple issue after hearing his constituents' concern that their relatives were possibly being held against their will in Jonestown. He wrote a letter to Jim Jones requesting an invitation to visit the settlement, a move that Jones and his followers vehemently opposed to. But later they're like, "Eh, yeah, right. Uh, Ryan travelled to Jonestown accompanied by several journalists and relatives of temple members. And it was during Ryan's visit in Jonestown a few settlers told Congressmen that he uh, the, sorry that they wanted to return to the states, an act that Jones saw as betrayal. Afterwards, when Ryan and the defectors uh, and the journalists were waiting at the port in Katuma uh, for like the planes to take them home, and a truck a truck arrives carrying temple gunmen who then opened fire. When the shooting stopped, the congressman and four people were killed while several others were injured. And it was at this visit that sent Jim Jones off the deep end. Yeah, spiralling. Oh, boy. That was the day that he's like, okay, I'm up. I'm get this wasn't the
0: first visit either uh, of uh, people coming in. Like there were people coming in to check that it was all legitimate. Uh, and so. each one
1: of those checks kind of set a little bit more fear into Jones, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So after the attack on the Congressman Ryan and his party at the Port katuma airstrip, Jones urged his more than 900 followers in Jonestown that they had to commit suicide or, it, or else the Guyanese military will come in and take their children away. It's awful. It's so awful. Yeah. From a vat, his people drank the cyanide-laced punch, which birthed the phrase "drinking the Kool-Aid," referring to those who blindly follow and foolishly do something like uh, like being a sheep, essentially. But it wasn't actually Kool-Aid that was used in the suicides, but rather a similar brand called Flavor Aid. (laughs) The reference to Kool-Aid could be traced to the early reporting in the days after the tragedy. Um, such as an article in the Washington Post, uh, the Washington Post, today the phrase, drinking the Kool-Aid has even mixed uh, offensive feelings towards the temple survivors, which of course it would.
0: Yeah, like, absolutely. And because they went through so much, like he was, like that wasn't the first time he had made them drink, That so he had like made them practice several times. And we get to that, moment. we get to that. Like he's not.
1: It, um, one else smart says it still hurts every time i hear it those four words sorry who's oh my god i must start again i can't even <laughs> it still hurts every time i hear it you l smart whose four children mother and uncle died in the tragedy said the road to jonestown in the road to Jonestown, I hated it. People laughed when they said it, like it happened and was somehow funny, and which is true. We see it referenced in a lot of pop culture and it it is taken so lightheartedly when it was a really awful thing that happened.
0: Well, I think people just don't, they can't imagine following someone. When you hear the whole story, there is a point that you're like, hey, guys, when did, but then at the same time, they couldn't leave. When did good become so bad? Yeah.
1: yeah, amid the hundreds and hundreds of deaths, there were a number of survivors in Jonestown. On the morning of November 18th, 1978, hours before the dramatic events unfolded, a group of 11 temple members, including a mother and her three-year-old son, walked 35 miles to escape under the pretense of going on a picnic. Mm. Two men, Stanley Clayton and Odell Rhodes, were able to bypass armed security through a combination of luck and deception. And three other temple members Mike Prokes and brothers Tim and Mike Carter were sent out on a mission by Jim Jones himself um, to deliver a suitcase of money to the Soviet embassy which again also kind of that sticks.
0: Um,
1: Then there were many followers at the temple outpost in Georgetown and Guyana and the church's San Francisco headquarters who just didn't even listen to Jim Jones' Suicide Order, and they're like, no, no, no mate, not going to happen. Um, and they were so far away that they could.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. One of the most remarkable stories of survival, however, is from Joan, uh, Jonestown, belongs to Hyacinth Thrash, which is a great name, Hyacinth it's Thrash, just... an elderly African-American woman who slept inside her cabin throughout the whole ordeal.
0: Oh.
1: I know. It's awful, though, because she woke up the following morning effort. And walked over to a senior citizen's building where she saw the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And her sister, Sephora Edwards, was among the dead. So it's awful.
0: Yeah. But what about Jones himself?
1: After all, he was the paranoid one that the people were at. He was sure people were out for him. Uh-huh. So following the mass murder suicide, Jones was found dead on the floor. He was resting on a pillow near his deck chair with a gunshot wound to his head, which Guyanese coroner Cyril Mutu said was consistent with suicide. His body was later dragged outside for examination and embalming. The official autopsy conducted in December 1978 also confirms his death as a suicide. Yeah. An autopsy of Jones's body also showed levels of a barbiturate called pent or pentabarbital, that seems right, yep. um, <laughs> our producers saying yes, correct, that is right, uh, which may have been lethal to humans who had not developed psychological tolerance. Um, a sign could be seen hanging above Jones's deck chair, and Jones had borrowed a quote from George Santiana, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it again. Well, These are the Uh things that we know happened. So what is the conspiracy?
0: Oh
1: play that music, producer Zane (laughs) We made it this far. It's grim. Oh
0: joy. It's already grim. It's so grim. It's already very grim.
1: It's all grim. And it's not going to get any better. So, yeah. KB, you touched on this a little bit before and I agree with you. The first conspiracy, I would believe, is fact rather than conspiracy, but mm-hmm. we can't really declare it as fact. Um, the general view of what happened was a mass suicide as people lined up to take the poison and drink it. Um, but there have been argument, arguments made from witnesses and formal mem- temple members that this was really a mass murder. Long before the actual event, Jones had his followers drink what they initially believed was poison as a test of loyalty to him. And then in hindsight, they realized that was a rehearsal for what would later happen.
0: Yeah, he would do it all the time. Like he'd wake them up in the middle of the night to do yeah. this. And yeah, that's why I. Insanity. Think crazy i believe that theory Cra- that me too. it was and he always meant that if he was going down everyone was going down yeah and when
1: jones implemented the actual suicide plan in Jonestown, there were armed guards with guns and crossbows mm-hmm. to ensure that they nobody was getting out. out alive some this is awful out. this actually makes me so upset some victims were found to have marks on their bodies suggesting that they were injected with poison Adding to the mass murder argument is that also Mm -hmm. numerous children died in
0: Jonestown, so they couldn't possibly have known what they were doing. That's no, because people were watching people drink it and then like immediately being affected by it, and we're like, "Eh, No way, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? (laughs) So, yeah, they're injecting those people,
1: and um one of the proponents for the mass murder view is that Raven author Tim Reiterman or who as a reporter for the San Francisco Examiner was injured during the shooting attack on the Congressman Ryan Um, and then Jones he said that Jones put all the pieces in place for the last act of self-destruction he wrote then gave the order to kill the children first sealing everyone else's fate which Mm. is awful. so sad. Um the second conspiracy theory, which comes from um a book called Conspiracy Theories: The Facts and Evidence Behind the World's Greatest Cover-ups by David Southwell and Graham Donald. Which
0: you own a copy of, Julie.
1: I do indeed. This was given to us by one of our listeners, Katie. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> so um the the other conspiracy theory is that it wasn't Jones who was laying there shot. Mm. Um, Even though they say his body was found in Jonestown dead from a self-inflicted gun wound, the apparent suicide weapon was found 200 feet from the body. This would indicate that either Jones was murdered himself or it wasn't Jones at all, and close examination of the corpse revealed that it lacked Jones's tattoos.
0: No. No. Yeah um
1: yeah adding to the um the it's not even really because i not i can't say it's a conspiracy theory but adding to the other evidence of um a mass sh- uh, a mass murder rather than a mass suicide when coroner c leslie moo too suggested that the jonestown deaths were murder not suicide thus warranting investigation the u.s army disagreed and the bodies were left just left cool um so I don't really know what's going on with the government and and Jonestown but it's I would say it would be an
0: argument over
1: over like ownership of the land rather than
0: yeah and I know like there was a lot of stuff that like why the senator wanted to go in the first place there's like a lot of stuff around that um so maybe it was just a like as long as, because then they're like, we didn't take any part in it, so it's not our responsibility to.
1: That and it was like, yeah. South American and yeah, yeah. There's just a lot. So this theory, um this Jonestown massacre. I do suggest everyone go and do their, do their homework on this one as well. Absolutely. If case it, If you find it interesting, yeah, case file is great to recommend
0: um, to the another podcast. Case file has. <laughs> I think it's a three part. Um, Episode on Jonestown, and it details quite a bit of it. And like, for me, I kind of already knew the bare minimum. Like, I knew yeah. that it, like, drinking the Kool Aid, and I knew that it had been a cult, and I knew that it was just like whack. But I didn't know. Like, it really, it's a really good one if you want to know.
1: And yeah, vibe. it was very, very hard to condense to our usual
0: 20 time frame <laughs> as well. Yeah, twenty-minute <laughs> max. There is. A-
1: there is a hundred percent things I've missed. There are things that are, you can delve further into if it does interest you in that kind of way that crime podcasts interest me. And we like, ooh weirdly strange. <laughs> yeah, so um and that's why We Drink has another really good episode on on yeah. Jonestown as well. Um but yeah, that is that's us. That's yeah. ugh, it's grim. But
0: But to pick it up, guys, we're doing a new thing. If you missed out last week, we're doing we some- are. Five episodes during the week while we're in self isolation, slash potentially a lockdown by that point. At this point, I don't know when <laughs> you'll be listening to it. Um, um, every Wednesday at 5 30 pm, that's Queensland
1: time, wherever yes. you are in the world, Queensland, Australia, or Brisbane to be more specific. Specific. Um, if you have suggestions for what you would like to hear in those little mini episodes, we try to keep them pretty short, pretty light. Um yeah, send them our way. You know where our
0: questions that you'd yeah. like us to answer. Oh, if yeah. you want to
1: clarify something from a previous episode, jump on and we'll be like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll find uh, the answer right now.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll discover it together. Um, so yeah, if you have anything you want to send to us, our socials, Elvis Lives Podcast, uh, at gmail.com or Elvis Lives, is it Elvis Podcast? Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. find us oh as always rate review subscribe on your faves and until next week Bye. bye